Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sparkle City Sessions brought to you by the Hub City Music Society. We're here at the New Way Lounge. I'm your host, Mark Rocco Dawson. Sit back and relax and give a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the New Way Lounge for another episode of Sparkle City Sessions. With, with uh, We're with our good friend, uh, Mr. John Pasfumi. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? Yeah, we we had a little trouble with our first podcast with you. Uh, it recorded super high, and uh, I could not fix it. So we're here at it again. And uh, let's uh, let's say that you know John Pasfumi is the uh, current drummer for the New Way Jam. And how long have you been doing that, sir? Uh, about seven years now. About seven years. Yeah. That's right. Really. Well, minus the two for COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A little space in there. Right. Well, uh, and. Uh, uh, John, you have two uh, two kids, right? I S- do. Sam and Callie. Yeah. And Sam is a uh, talented musician as well, and Callie is a very funny lady. Yes. Who is uh, doing comedy now, I believe. Yeah, you can find her behind the bar serving or on the stage telling jokes. Which we may try and get her in here on the podcast. Uh, oh, great. Hint, hint. hint. Uh, maybe you could uh, yeah. put in a couple of good words for us down here. They're trying to do something at the uh, the cigar bar, Blues Boulevard, have a women's comedy night. Right it's, on. It's in the talk stage. So good deal. Good that deal. might happen. And where's that at again? Greenville? Uh, no, right here, Spartanburg. Oh, really? Blues Boulevard. Oh, b- that the, one. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the little one. That's right. That's on, right. Uh, Church Street. You know, we're using new equipment today, so I'm trying to hopefully get it right. But you can. You can hear just about everything on these, can't you? Yes. <laughs> it's crystal clear. Yeah. So um, tell us where you're from, John, and uh, and give us a little background. Okay. I was born in the Bronx and uh, grew up in East Rutherford, New Jersey, where I just was a couple weeks ago for uh, a high school reunion. Yeah, we had a nice time up there and what, uh, ate, ate a lot of good carbs, those, those bagels and bread and the pizza. Up there. Oh, oh, yeah. God. What, now, what do they call them up there, a hoagies or grounders? Uh, they call them subs, really. Subs? Yeah. No, when, yeah, I, yeah. when I was in Boston, it was either a hoagie or a grinder. Actually, actually, sandwich, really. They're just <laughs> That's the sandwich. It's huge. And now, now in, where, my, where my family's from in Kentucky, they call it pop. What do they call it up there? Is it, pop. Is it pop? Soda. Soda pop or pop? <laughs> Soda. Yeah. Yeah, right. pop's like a Midwest. Yeah. All right, so you're uh, from, uh, you said East Rutherfordton? Mm-hmm. East Rutherford. Okay, Rutherford. I'm thinking of North you're Carolina. You're thinking of North Carolina, <laughs> yeah. So tell us when you got into music. Oh, let's say, boy, about seventh grade, I started playing drums. Like uh, well, just about everybody my age. We saw Ringo and, and, and said, no. Were drums your first instrument? I think I can do that one. The guitar looks hard, and I, I'd be afraid to sing, so <laughs> no, no, I'll play the drums. Was was the drums your first instrument? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how did you acquire that set? Did your parents buy it for you? After a year of lessons on a practice pad, and they knew I was serious, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but we go across the street and play uh, my, my friend's drums. They had a... My friend had an older brother that gave it up for football, and then he jumped on the drums. He was a good drummer, Mike. <coughs> well, well, we we all, we all learned on that set and then got our own sets. Well, I'll tell you, the, the New Way Jam here that you uh, hold down the uh, backbeat for mm-hmm. is about, I guess, 
12 years old now, at least. I think so, yeah. It might be like 12 and a half. Yeah, we ought to put something on the wall that said when it started, so yeah. we get that date locked in all the time. Well, you know, you know uh, it's the longest-running electric jam in town, uh, and uh, New Way's very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Brian Teague and Sam Sprinkle and Donnie Eggleton and me... Your host Rocco here. Uh, we we kind of put the footprint down, yeah. and you guys have continued walking the uh, jam, which is uh, yeah. with uh, you, uh, Drew Drew Story, mm-hmm. uh, Sean O'Shields, and Clay Williamson. That's us. And uh, you guys have guest guest sit-ins all the time. Ronald Rafford, I think, come up here a few times, mm-hmm. and and uh, Rick Kirby, and all kinds of cats like that. Yeah, Rick does a few tunes every week, just about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we miss a couple of these cats. Oh, and, and JJ, uh, I can't pronounce his last name correctly all the time, so I'm not even going to try. And most people who's going to listen to this know who JJ was. Yeah. Uh, he was actually the first guitar player for the jam. And unfortunately, we've had uh, a few jam night members pass away. Mm-hmm. Um very young right? yeah yeah too young uh brian teague being one of them being very young passing away uh and then we had a drummer pass away who was who would fill in for you every now and then up here uh todd todd, todd scarborough yeah and um we've had some great supporters of the jam night pass away too uh monty that used to live on my street can never pronounce his last name right either so i'm not even going to try uh so, all right, so tell us, uh, what was the first, what kind of style of music did you play when you were in, uh, when you were got your drums and you joined your first band or, or first group? Oh, uh, the first group was... And what year was that? I don't want to give your age away too much, <laughs> but, 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 it, but, but it does give context. Yeah, people can do the math, yeah. Uh, that was 1968 was the first band, yeah. Okay. 67, I got my drum set. What's a great year for so, music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I still had that set. Apparently, it's like an odd, worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah? What Cam, kind of? A Camco set. Oh, wow. Which now became DW, which okay. or DW's parts are made after that or something. Well, that's know, a respectable set. But, yeah, they were very underrated in the beginning. It was like it was the inexpensive, affordable kit. But it was also very good. A lot of the kits then were now, did the you, way they were made. Now, did, you, did your first band have like the, the proper amount of people in it, like two guitar players and a bass player and drummer? Uh, we had a guitar, key, keyboard, guitar keyboard, bass, and drums. Oh, really? That nice situation that's always been hard to duplicate kind, kind, for 50 years later. Kind of like a Bruce, Springsteen, like a Bruce Springsteen thing without the horn section. Yeah. yeah. Now, what kind of music did you guys play? Yeah, let's get back to that. I never answered that question. <laughs> we did uh, a lot of Mountain, Blind Faith, Cream, all the all the British, now British rock. Now, up in north, up north, you know, especially in New York, it seems if you live out of the city, uh, then you kind of have to have a license. But if you don't live, I mean, if you live in the city, you really don't need a license with all the trains and stuff like that. 
did you did y'all travel a lot with the band you could you could get around you could get around yeah the rock band no we were very young we were very young underage really for any bars and stuff so playing school of stuff local stuff the church the school dance church dances <laughs> the church parties whoever had a party how the how the church fi- uh fair when you come in there and start playing black sabbath <laughs> Oh, Who are these guys? Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, would have been funny. Holy cow. All right, so how long did that first band last? Uh, a year and a half, two years. and then It's a pretty, pretty good time for your first band, yeah. And uh, and then bass player went his way, and then me and the guitar player kept going. And then he picked up the flute and learned that. He was very into Ian Anderson. Oh, yeah. So we were doing, started doing a lot of Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull is a great, was, great artist. Cool, which was, you know, unique at the time. But, you know, one or two places we played, you know, they they didn't want that crazy stuff. Mm. <laughs> they wanted radio music. So, well, uh, I mean, the great Grateful Dead was uh, playing around there, too, wasn't they, then? They, they played, yeah. They played did, colleges did you go, and, did you go and stuff them? around there. And then... Uh, Oh, Capitol Theater Forsake, everybody played. Did you that was the Mecca, the Capitol Theater Forsake. We all got our first concerts in there. We're you know, it's it's amazing how like it's so easy to so much more access to get tickets now, but it's harder. Mm. We used to go before school at seven o'clock and wind up with third row seats. Go to the auditorium. And get to school on time. <laughs> go to the auditorium and buy the tickets no, in. No big line, no big rush until. Uh, so did you did you see any of the iconic bands from the '60s like the uh, Jefferson Airplane or the Grateful Dead or anything like that? We saw, um, we saw people like, oh. Let's see. Well, Frank Zappa was there. At oh, the, yeah. What I saw. I mean, everybody came through. I didn't actually see too many because, you know, even at five bucks to get in was a lot of money. That's a lot of money then, yeah. It was probably about <laughs> 30 bucks then. It was the same as like, you know, 100 now. Was yeah. So, well, I can't go to every show, but everybody came through. Jefferson Airplane, then the Starship. Oh, oh yeah. Who played there? Everybody. Before it started becoming arenas. Now, do you mm-hmm. remember? Do you remember the? Uh, I think it was what 1970 something when the Who had that concert in Cincinnati. Oh, and, and yeah. The, and the did you did you try to go to that show or was you or no. or, or you mm-hmm. just you was you shocked like everybody no. else when you heard the news that 12, 12 kids had died? Yeah, like they rushed the door. And yeah, because the general admission seating. So many people they squeezed through the glass. Yeah, as I was about to get to something like that, it started to get that way. After when I mean, these concerts became so popular, yeah, and then uh, it was uh, John Shear was the promoter in Passaic, and then then he got Giant Stadium when that was built. He started going that route in Madison Square Garden. Uh, Wow. And arenas and things like that. I wonder if he was responsible for booking the dead there for five nights in a row. <laughs> Actually, it got more Probably, than that. Yeah. It got more than that later on, like seven or eight nights in a row. There was a, a ball field in Jersey City. They started to have concerts there. Wow. And, uh, that was where uh, Jackie Robinson played there. <laughs> oh, very nice. Before he made the major leagues. Like okay. There. So now, how many uh, did you have any bands when you were old enough to drink? Okay, and old enough to go play bars. Were you still playing music then? Uh, yeah. And what? Well, yeah. How, how long? Uh, what, took, was your, what was your longest band uh, took, back then? It took me a little while to get something together, and by the time I did, I was a little, a little past. I was like, 
24. That's not too old, though. And it was, uh, we did the stuff to work. It was top, basically top 40 band. And this would have been like we 75, 75, somewhere just around there? Like 77, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was t- uh, Before still. that, the rock bands like we'd play, we'd play, you know, do all the work, get a gig or two, and then somebody leave. <laughs> so somebody, somebody join, somebody That's steal your guitar player still a great from another band, and it, you didn't have like social media. You put an ad oh, in yeah. the paper that you paid for every day, so you can only go for like a week of advertising. So, <laughs> so nineteen nineteen seventy seven still a great great time for yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good music coming out. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So you're talking about no social media. Did you guys uh, <clears throat> run out with your street team and put flyers all over the place? Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. And what? Uh, how long did that band last? The uh, one that you put together. Oh that? yeah. That was about two years. Okay. It was a good run. And when did you leave the north? Uh, in 2002. 2002. Mm-hmm. So from 77 up to 2002, you were up there, uh, or from right. 68 playing music. Right. Well, I, was, well, I was working full time, and then we got married, and I had my kids, and well, now, and we would play. Uh, I still still would play like weddings and parties and stuff. Oh, and that was that so was up was, north. So, yeah. so Sam and Callie yeah. were born in up north. Yeah, I had a few things a month. You know, we weren't we didn't have the time to go crazy with it and play now, weekends and four or five, six nights a week like we did in the beginning. But you, you told me that you were in uh, corrections. You were a corrections officer. Oh yeah, that's uh, down here. Well, oh, was that down in Greenville. South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Is that why you moved here? Uh, not to get that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd do. Better than that, but I was I overestimated and like, oh, and that became available and uh, that's what I, what I well, did. Oh, you know, works work. That's what I did, and that was ten years there. Worked out good. Okay, so so you moved here in two thousand two, got the job, that uh, got a job that you didn't want, but it turned out being good. Yeah. And uh, so that would have put it at what uh, two thousand twelve. Yeah. And then yeah. and then well now you guys were coming here. And, around, and playing yeah. around 2011, right? Yeah. Somewhere around that. Wasn't too long after yeah. the jam night started. I remember yeah. seeing you come. Yeah, because in uh, 2013, I started, uh, I had left the job and started coming out more. Yeah. Know, getting getting around, and then Sam would come with me, and we'd come to all the jams. And that was when Sam yeah. Sprinkle was still playing drums, right? Yeah. 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 We, we met him We met him in Greer. They used to have Big Tez had the jam up That's there. Right. The Tuesday night thing with Frank Wilkie and then I know the founder Craig and those those guys and uh, what was the drummer drummers thing the group that they had what was that called it was uh, you remember the little drummer group they had where they made the shirts and all that stuff upstate upstate drummers yeah and the, the founding member I think passed away yeah uh, Dave Dave I think. yeah and uh, Sam was a Sutter's part of that yeah I think name? I think you're right yeah. He was good friends with Sam. Yeah, yeah, very good friends Sprinkle. with Sam. Yeah, Sam, Sam was tore up about that. He was really tore up about Brian too when he passed away. Uh, yeah. Sam's uh, very—I uh, don't want to say too emotional, but but he he's got heart, yeah. and with heart you have emotion. And uh, he's a great dude. Yeah, he lives in New Orleans now, and he's a gaffer of lights mm-hmm. for uh, TVs and movies now. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing quite well. He's got two kids. Two kids. When I saw him, he only had one. Now he's got two. So he's been he's been busy guy. All right. So you're you're you've 
how look let me ask you something how was the music scene up north uh because i know that uh, out on the west coast you've got a thousand zillion bands out there trying to make it yeah was it the same way up there in the north uh, yeah. in, in the 70s and oh yeah in, in north jersey to central jersey your proximity to new york city is mm. close how, how long, how long is the commute? I was seven miles away. Oh, wow, that ain't nothing. Now, how long the commute is, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> is the subway down the or the train? Yeah. Now, did you ever yeah. take the train into town and stuff like that? I bet you, I bet oh, you did yeah, a lot. Sure. Yeah, it was easier than driving and then what it would cost to park a car. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I hear it's very expensive mm-hmm. to own a car in New York. Mm-hmm. If you could find a space. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. I went there for... Uh, a school thing, mm-hmm. art school thing. We went to the Met and saw Starry Night was on exhibition mm. up there, and so we got to see that and tried to get Broadway tickets but couldn't get nothing. Uh, so, But we still had a good time. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people got mugged, so, you know, a couple of our, our, our school group man got pickpocketed and mugged and stuff, and we got to go ride the subway and see all the punks and stuff. And This would have been in the mid-'80s, yeah. so the punk scene was probably still pretty big up there. Uh, did you get into the punk scene? Did you ever go to CBGB's? Yeah, yeah. Who'd you go see at CBGB's? Uh, oh, jeez. I mean, Talking Heads wasn't played like, there all the time. Blondie like, wasn't there anybody that became big. He was in some random you know, area band. You wouldn't know them from the area. I forget names now. But there was that place. You didn't see the Dead Boys Kenny's, play up there. Kenny's Castaway was another one. That was that was good. Uh, tough, but, tough places though. Like, yeah, we went in there one night to listen. And me and my friend, we scraped up whatever money we had, and, and we get there. And there's a cover charge, and there's a two drink minimum that surprised us. Yeah, you know, we had nothing left. We had change and quarters in our pockets, and you know, we didn't leave a tip. We didn't have anything, and we, we were walking out before we get to the door. We get tapped on the back by the waitress. <laughs> She's like, "Hey guys, how was the service? Oh, you were great. You were great. Yeah, thank you, thank you." Well, why did you stiff me, damn it? <laughs> we're like, oh, welcome to New York. You know, this is. <laughs> so, so, um, and you've been playing for the Jam Night for seven years. We're close to it. Yes. And you took you took Sam's place, or did you or you left. You, no, I'm Sam not, left. Sam left. Then we were rotating. We were rotating people. Yeah, it was like you, was TJ, TJ, and, and you, Liam and King, and. Then, Leaming King was the regular mm-hmm. for a while, and then I came after him. Yeah, see, I moved to, I, I, I stopped doing the jam night around the middle of 2012, and then moved to uh, to Texas, and I think in late 2014, I think Brian passed away around that, not that same time, but about mm-hmm. six months before I left. Yeah, and uh, while I was gone, JJ passed away. Well, I got a call down there from uh, Sean O'Shields, I think, telling me that. Yeah, I played with JJ a little bit, and, uh, but great Brian, guitar player. I, I never got the chance. Oh, to you meet. never, you never got to play with Brian. <coughs> never got to meet him. No, he was gone before. Oh, he was a legend before we started coming up. I could have swore you guys came up while he was still alive playing. Mm. But he never jammed with you. No. Hmm. Well, he nope. was a good guy. I know. We heard everything. Yeah. He's a good guy. Um. So tell us, what is the contrast between the northern scene and the southern scene? Okay. 
just like like you would think of styles, you know, up north. Like when, uh, well, when I was up there two weeks ago and I ordered breakfast, they didn't ask me if I wanted home fries or grits. We just came with home fries. You know, like I think uh, I think we went back in the kitchen. You wouldn't find even one grit there. <laughs> they don't even know what a grit. I, I grits on the street. You know? I'm going to test it next time I, I go up and, and ask them just to see because a diner makes everything. They have they have everything. Those Jersey diners. But uh, as far as the music, uh, well, you know, the style is like here Here you got uh, Hank and Merle. It's country, up wa- there. country wasn't so big up there. Huh? Up there? That would be a Sinatra tune. You'd be playing okay. swing sure. stuff like that. Like that. Sure. If you're going to older stuff, older. You think that's like that across the country, like up north it's Sinatra and the, and the big singers, and then down here mm-hmm. it's like the, uh, the country type twang. Midwest, it's like a Western swing. I think so. It's there. And like you know, I mean, that I, we had really good musicians playing, top forty stuff. Yeah, playing, shake your booty, playing. You know, what playing? Uh, what were some of the hot uh, original when, bands when disco when disco came? Like, oh boy, growing up there was a band called the Filet of Soul out of uh, out of Hackensack that had the horn section and they did like the Sly Stone. Oh yeah, like funk to, stuff to, kind to of. To a T and funk, they had, you know, it was a big interracial band. Nice, nice original like, stuff though, huh? Like great, just, you know, seeing all, that, seeing all that and listening to all that. Any of those guys? Good. Any of those guys you saw back then make it big? Mm. That you that yeah. you're aware of? Oh yeah, Joe Lynn Turner. What 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 these Turner guys? Joe from Rainbow. Oh wow. He did Rainbow. He's with sang with the Ingway Momstein. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's still big, like in uh, Europe and, and stuff. I'm sure Rainbow's still a, pretty popular. He was in, in a band circles. called the Fandango. A I lo- remember local that band. And then they they got a record deal, and then the record company changed two of the guys in the lineup, and it became. Then they started to tour a little bit. Now and then he went on. He went on from there. It's, it's a he's a lead singer. He was a great guitar player too. Now Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Bon Jovi's from New Jersey. Uh, was he around the same area as you? Uh, he's a little more south. Yeah, he got mid mid Jersey. I think he got he got recognized on the public access TV. Was public access TV pretty popular mm-hmm. uh, in there? Because we don't have it here, man. They won't yeah, let it have, happen here. You'd have something. You'd have well, you had an antenna, so you got you got your VHF channels, and then the UHF had a channel or two, which would have a. When, when you'd see you, like local wrestling from uh, Newark, New Jersey. Sure, yeah. <laughs> when now could and you maybe a band, Uncle Floyd? Uncle Floyd was on public access. Yeah. Floyd Floyd Vivino. So his brother Jerry was the uh, the band leader for Conan O'Brien. For those for those who don't know what public access TV is, it's it's dedicated time on the TV that anybody almost can go in and mm-hmm. do a thirty minute slot. Uh, or an hour slot, or something like that, and a lot of people have got famous off of that. Uh, I can't remember the dude, the dude's name, but he was like very popular in the '70s, and he got real political. Oh man, I can't remember uh, the dude. It's a, a black No, black fella. Oh man, they, no, no, no. Uh-uh. Talking that big? Yeah, no. This was he was like a public access legend, man. I wish I could remember his yeah. his name. But he used to do like uh, all kinds of stuff. I don't. I don't want to get into it if I can't remember it, so I'm not going to do it. 
But uh, all right. So so you moved to the south. How did you like the south when you first got here? Was it a was it a was it a real cultural shock or anything? A little bit, a little bit for things, you know. Well, Some things, yeah. Now you so in the two thousands when you moved here, uh, you know things things were just now starting to like pick up because all through the 90s and, and 80s and stuff like the street that i live on I've, I've lived on that street since 97 and when i first moved on that street all the properties downtown were like you could get something pretty cheap but now you know 30 years later or 25 years later you can't almost afford to buy anything downtown because uh, not necessarily the growth here, but but the jobs and and all the opportunities that are here. You know, the demand for housing is just so much that you see it popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I bet any any uh, county or city or or state that's having a big boom like that's going to see it. And um, I, what do they call that? Is it gentrification? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where where the people who used to live there and afford could afford it can't afford it anymore and get pushed out and then all of a sudden you got big business buying it all up and all that stuff. A lot of cul de sacs. Yeah, <laughs> or, or 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 big high rises, you know. Yes. I, you know, you could see that when I was living in Austin, you'd see that man. There wasn't a day yeah. that I didn't see a crane in the sky building a, a damn high rise. And people oh. hated it. Well, 2002 when we came, uh, we had found a house in Simpsonville. And we lived there, beautiful house. But and on the corners, the first big cross-section corners, there were two farms across from each other. Right away, the first one was gone, and that became a strip mall. And a few, maybe 10 years later, the other one was gone. And you had cows and horses running around there, like down the block from the house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a few years later, you know, and... So everybody's saying, like, I'll have Fair, Fairview Avenue is just becoming uh, Woodruff Road now. <laughs> so let me ask you, did you see, uh, like, up north, a lot? it, it takes a lot to, to uh, you know, you can't just go tear down a block up north somewhere. There's all kinds of people living there. There's all kinds of laws and oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but here in the south, I mean, I guess they've got public domain stuff all over the place. You know, if, if, if it's deemed necessary to take the building or whatever because it's going to benefit the, the county or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess they can do that. But Yeah, houses are very close together. Yeah. In the town I grew up in and all other towns around it. And what, what you have there is like, you know, a few miles, two, three miles, you have another little town. Whereas here you've got Spartanburg County, and it's big. We had Bergen County, but had a lot of towns in it. Here it's very few. Like what I would think of like, like here, you go. Maybe you got maybe got to go eight miles to Boiling Springs, whereas we'd go a mile and a half, and we'd be in Rutherford from East Rutherford. Yeah. Carlstadt and East Rutherford shared a high school. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you. You know, um, I haven't spent a lot of time. I mean, I, you know, I spent about a month and a half up in in, in Boston. And you talk about a college mm-hmm. town. They have like what four or five major colleges just in that little area. Yeah. And uh, large music scene there. Um, now, how many colleges were around where you were where you were living? Because we've got seven yeah. here there in are a few. Spartanburg. The biggest one would be Rutgers. Yeah, oh yeah. That's be thirty minutes from where I was. And then, but then you had other. Like had Fairleigh Dickinson, which would be like on a par with like a Furman or mm-hmm. Wofford, and their radio station was uh, 
you know, very, very cool. They would play a lot of groundbreaking stuff. A friend of mine grew up on the block with me, moved to Portland. He still somehow gets it and listens to it somehow. Oh, wow. He found a, found a way to pick Mike up. Mike could listen to it online. Pick up that. He used to listen to that all the time. And he was the, he was the guy who turned us on to a lot of well, now Princeton, other things going on. How, long, how far was Princeton away from you? A little further than that. Princeton goes down maybe 45 minutes, an hour. We so. drove, one time we drove all the way nonstop from here to Princeton, New Jersey. <laughs> and when I was coming back driving, and I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't drive on, on the highway too much, especially turnpikes. If it's called a turnpike, yeah. I don't, I don't want even have nothing to do with it. Yeah, you got to bring your wallet too. Yeah. Well, I got lost, you know, the circle that, that, goes around washington dc okay you know they got that little yeah. circle i couldn't i man i drove two three hours around that freaking <laughs> circle because nobody would let me over to get off <laughs> and finally finally i pulled the car over and this was like i think we were going to a dead show or something like that and finally i pulled the car over and the guy that was asleep that told me like look just just follow this route and you'll be all right i pulled over on knocked him awake he was like oh what the, you know giving me down the road and i was like i don't care what you say man you drive until we get out of here then i'll pick it back up but i hate turnpikes i really do i don't like them at all but um i think we're at our time john i think we've had uh we've had a little talk here and uh i think it's went pretty well uh remember we recorded this live at the new way lounge so all this background noise is is the bar so come down and have a burger or a beer or come out on Thursdays uh, to see the New Way Jam yeah. with uh, Mr. John Pasfumi and uh, Clay Williamson and Drew Story and Sean O'Shields, and they'll rock it out for you. Uh, we've had a good time here on Sparkle City Sessions, brought to you by the Hub City Music Society, sponsored by the New Way Lounge. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you on the flip-flop. Thanks, John. Thank you.